0: We are kicking off a new series, and it's going to last us all semester, kind of like last semester. We did the Abide series in the fall. I don't know if you remember that. It went all semester long. This one is going to go all semester long. It's called Stories of the Bible. And we're going to be taking big stories that are written in Scripture, and we're going to learn what does God have to teach us about who he is, about his mission and his plan for mankind, and how that story interacts with our life. So the whole idea of us getting together on a Wednesday night to study God's Word, we're going to walk out of here with some chunks of application for how does this impact my life, okay? So I'm not only just teaching for information, for your brain, but I'm also teaching something for you to apply in your life. Are you ready to jump in with me? Have I done enough talking? You're prepared to hear? You got two feet on the floor, Your pencil ready? Here we go. All right. So, Tonight, the central theme for the night is this. Creation is beautifully speaking of a powerful but yet intimate creator. We are talking about Genesis 1 tonight. How God ordained creation at the very beginning of time. He created the heavens and the earth. And what we understand in the earth, the the seas, the land, the animals... And then on the very sixth day, he created us. And we're, we, on Sunday morning, we talked about how creation is purposeful. We talked about how creation is personal and how, pers- how creation is planned. But tonight, I want to dive in on this, how beautiful creation is, how creation speaks to every one of us. You're like, really? Yes, yes. And how powerful creation is. I think here's the problem, and this kind of sets us up for the rest of the night. I believe that yet we would understand that statement to be true. We have genuinely lost our awe, A-W-E, our awe of creation. I think so many times we catch a sunset and we go, oh, that's cool. But do we really dwell on the fact of who created that sunset for you? Do you walk through your backyard sometimes and go, that's amazing, I just crunched a leaf under my feet, which all of us have leaves, some of us have leaves in our yard. I may not, but um, there, there are leaves that are falling off bushes right now. You're like, what is happening? It is a story of creation, of a new creation that God is doing. He is making all things new because what happens in the spring? Everything turns Green and nice and flowers bloom, and it's a new creation. Creation speaks of an incredible, incredible creator. And as we study this together, we see that so many of us, and as we journey through creation, many of us have just gone through our day or either have our noses and our eyes down and not enjoying in awe of creation and what God has done in creation. And so there's three things. You ready? We've lost sight of his greatness in creation. And as, um, as they read just Psalm 8, it is one of the most definitive passages of Scripture as it relates to how we are to have awe for what God has created for us. I'm going to highlight, it was just read, but I'm going to highlight a couple of them. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth, the expanse of the earth, you who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. Now, this is a direct reference to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. David, who wrote this psalm, is highlighting that verse for us, and he is helping us bridge the connection between Genesis 1 and now. And he's reminding us, every one of us, he's reminding us that we should never lose our awe, or always see the splendor of creation. For the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have established strength because of your enemies to do away with the enemy and the vengeful. When I consider your heavens, crazy, when I consider and I look up and I see the stars in the sky, I see the moon in perfect distance to the earth in order for tides To come and go. If the moon was any further away or any closer, tragic things would happen on the earth. It is perfectly positioned where it is. And the psalmist writes, When I consider your heavens, as I look up into the sky, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man? Did you think of me? Now, when you see the expanse of creation and you really start to think about it, it says God created this huge, open, vast, amazing earth that we get to enjoy. And He's done all of these things for us, that we instantly think about how tiny we are in comparison to what God and the greatness of His creation. Is that something you guys feel too? And the psalmist is writing about that. He's saying, when I look up, I can't help that you're mindful of me, little, itty-bitty, teeny-tiny me. Because if you think about it, your size in comparison to the earth as a whole, that's mind-blowing, by the way. The big expanse of earth, and he thinks of you and knows you and cares for you. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crowned him, us, with glory and majesty. Wow, that this big God, creator God, formed me and knows me and thinks I'm glorious and majestic. And I can't help but in my creation to look up at God and go, wow, God, you're awesome. Now, that's what I believe that many of us have lost. I'm not saying all of us, but I think many of us have lost our awe of creation. You've gotten so used to the mundane. You've gotten so used to the routine. I go I get up, I get breakfast, maybe I head off to school or class. I come back, I may get on my social media for a little bit, and then at the end of that I might hang out or text with friends, I might game a little bit, and then I turn the light out and go to bed. That may be our life existence right now. Can I get an amen for some of y'all? You're probably like, yeah, that's me, Steve, that's it. My routine, I'm in my routine. But yet there is so much more that God wants to communicate to you if only you would look up. There's so much more that God wants to speak to you if only you would look up. And you would recognize, as the psalmist wrote here, you created all of this and you think of me. And that's the all that we need to have in creation with our creator, God. Three points, you ready? Here's the first one. God's creation is beautiful. I want you to look at the video that's scrolling behind me. This is a drone footage of the Swiss Alps. Has anybody been to the Swiss Alps? Okay, so I'm fascinated by this. So like, I... Um, I may subscribe to a couple of YouTube channels that just do drone footage over nature. I just, there are some times where I'll sit in my living room. This is no joke. Shelly can attest to this. I'll sit in my living room with a YouTube TV on, and I'm watching nature. Like, legit. I'm flying over. I'm just believing that's where I'm at, right? Um, And just, it's so amazing. It's so huge. It's so big. It's so beautiful, Y'all, when you see a sunset, don't you think it's beautiful? Yeah? All y'all get your Instagram out and go, ooh-hoo, you know? (laughs) Here, um, I don't know if you've noticed, like for for us on the high school team, like beach week um, is an amazing week and we go out there to the beach and it is just some kind of amazing moment, right? You see the waves come and go. It is just absolutely beautiful. But for the high school team, most of the time, We are working, all right? We're going back and forth, and we're handling your needs, and we're taking care of you and making sure everything's set up and making sure the Bible study's ready to go and making sure your leaders are ready to go and all those kind of things, and we miss it. And that's just what we do, and we're okay with that. It's not like we're asking for you to, you know, anyway. Just hear me. The illustration is coming, all right? But at the end of the week, the end of the week, after you guys leave on the buses, when we bring you back home, and we deposit you to your parents. The team is kind of cleaning the buses up and cleaning everything up and making sure. The last thing that we do is we take a picture of our team the very last time. Like literally, we are sitting, the buses are gone, we're all exhausted, we're done, we're toast, just like you guys are exhausted at the end of beach week. But we always take a team pic in the parking lot after the buses leave and after you guys leave. And it never fails, never fails. At least for the past four years, I've been doing Beach Week. Our team takes a picture in front of the most beautiful sunset ever, every single year. I don't know if you recognize that or you see that on your drive home after Beach Week. I'm taking you back to that moment. But it is a golden sunset, and it is almost exactly at 747, 750 when sunset's happening, when everybody is gone, and it is going down. Grace, am I speaking the truth? Like, it is the most beautiful. We always get a picture right there with our whole team. If I thought about the illustration before, I would have had that picture for you. But it is unbelievable. And it is a reminder every time I see that picture of the beauty of God's creation. I'm seeing this. It's amazing. It's amazing. You're probably feeling guilty because you're watching that instead of talking to me, right? I'm okay with that. Because I want you to have awe of creation. You ready for point number two? Point number two. Not only is creation beautiful, but creation speaks. Alex, do we have that one? Creation speaks. Oh, it doesn't have an audible English language. But there's just something about creation speaking. When you hear the birds, when you hear the wind, even the squirrels, going through the trees. Maybe when you go to the zoo, you hear the animals roar. Right? It's so... Ah, it's, it's amazing how God speaks through creation. And it's not just like auditory. Right? It's not just with the birds of the air and the squirrels and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. It's not just that. But even not just in an auditory language, but a heart language. When you sit in front of a beautiful sunset, there's just an emotion that comes over you. And many times that emotion is peace. It's never chaos. It's amazing. It's always peace-filled. It's very emotional, very emotional. If you sit and think about it, it's like when you sit in those moments, it's like all of a sudden the, it's just so loud. But it's so filled with peace at the same time. Some of you are like, "I need to get out more." Yes, you need to get out more, truly. Ride your bike. I don't know. Do something. Take a walk around the block without your eye, your AirPods in. Like, take them out and just see what happens, or hear what happens. Creation is speaking constantly, constantly talking constantly declaring the greatness of the creator. And it seems like even the non-believer that looks at creation experiences a lot of these emotions, experiences the peace, experiences the calmness, experiences all of those things. You know, Romans one twenty tells us this, that creation speaks, and we have no excuse. It says in one twenty, it says, For since creation of the world... His invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that we are without excuse. Creation speaks, and it always speaks of an amazing creator. Amazing creator. And so it's beautiful. It speaks. Ready for the third one? Creation is powerful, powerful. When I started thinking about this word powerful, a couple of images came to mind. One is a whale. It is like a gentle giant, but that whale is massive, all right, massive, but yet so powerful with just one brush of the tail, it moves that entire mammal in the water. I also started thinking about waves, how powerful waves are. The crashing of waves on the, on the shore. California shoreline right now is getting pounded by some big waves right now. A lot of erosion. A lot. It is powerful. I, I saw an Instagram reel of a guy who was walking his dog, and then all of a sudden this wave came and sh- like got both of them and crashed them onto the shore, the dog and him. And the caption at the bottom was this, man, those waves are powerful. Watch out, everybody stay safe. I'm like, are you kidding me? For sure. Like, they're so powerful. They're so amazing. You know what? I also started thinking about volcanoes. How much power is in a volcano? Kilauea over in Hawaii is erupting right now. It's amazing. Think about all the other powerful things of creation hurricanes, those things are powerful. The wind, powerful. Blowing hard enough, it'll blow anybody over. You've seen all the weathermen standing out front of a hurricane, right? They don't stand up. I think it's going to be okay. Ah! You know, the power of creation, the power of it. But yet, here's the thing it's so powerful, yet so incredibly humble. I went to the Canyonlands National Park over in Utah. I went over there, and I'm standing in front of this huge, massive canyon that was formed by the Lord. But the Black River runs through the bottom of it. And I'm over the top of this thing, looking down into this river canyon that's down there at the bottom. And it is hundreds, if not thousands of feet below my feet. And I felt this big. And I thought, man, the power of God to create this massive canyon. And how humbling I felt in that moment. The power of creation. All right, I'm not going to pull any punches. Here comes the Jesus juke. You ready? The last three points. Did you know that in creation, that yes, the stars in the sky are amazing? That yes, the mountains that we look at, the Swiss Alps, the snow-covered mountains are absolutely beautiful? The power of the waves crashing on the shore is something to be marveled at. But all of those things pale in comparison to what happened on the sixth day of creation when he created you. I'm looking at God's most beautiful creation. You. You. When God made you, you are the most beautiful thing he created. Out of all the things of creation, He said that it was good. It was good. It was good. But then when he created Adam and Eve and mankind, he said what? It's, y'all know the answer? Very good. Like, oh my. Like, yes. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And I'm going to take you back to the very first thing I said. We have lost our awe of creation. And that awe is not just in the stars of the sky and the moon that goes around the earth, but that creation is you. That creation is me. Point number four, I think is what it is. You are beautiful. You. You know what? So many of us have lost our awe of the beauty of God's creation in ourselves. Why? Because we constantly, oh, I'm gonna start preaching here just a minute. You hold on. Because we constantly live in the life of comparison. We're always looking at somebody else thinking they're more beautiful. When in reality, you are perfectly created. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You have allowed the world and the evil one to twist and lie to you to tell you that you are inadequate, that you are not worthy, that you are not special, that you're simply ordinary. Would you quit listening to the lies of the evil one? And really step into the reality, the reality, the truth, that you are beautiful. Now, for the guys in the room, some of y'all are hearing that word beautiful. You're like, ah oh, no, why y'all no, I ain't, I ain't beautiful? I'm, I'm a man, right? Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you could look into. You could be good looking too. You are beautiful too. And the beauty is obviously in the eye of the beholder, right? And the one that created you, who knit you, who formed you, knew exactly how he was going to weave you together. He knew that I'll have a little bit of gray in my beard. Actually, probably knows every hair, the number of hairs on my beard, which is nuts to think about. My shoe size, that my Second toe is longer than my big toe. He did it on purpose, and I got an itty-bitty pinky one. Like, I'm a perfect triangle with my feet. And the Lord said, amen. That's how I want it. And many of us need to receive, you know, that second toe is a sign of wisdom, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. But, like, if your second toe is bigger than your, like, yeah, that's a sign of wisdom. Okay. Um, At least that's what they told me, right? Cam, that's what they told me. You know. <laughs> you are beautiful, y'all. I'm gonna say it about 30 times. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're not an accident. Legit. I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating it either. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Like genuinely, you are beautiful. And you are made in the image of God formed, on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. You're beautiful. Second thing is, you have a voice. God created a vocal cord on purpose. You have a voice to speak of the greatness of God. You guys know this. I've done a whole talk on this. This was several semesters ago, but I talked about the power of your words and what we say to each other, to each other, to the created person next to you and how you treat them and how you can declare God's greatness over them by the very words that you speak. God created that vocalizer right there in in you to be used to declare his glory, declare his praises, to not sit there idle in your chair and to be silent in a moment of worship. He is giving you that ability to speak on purpose. Just like creation speaks of a creator, why don't you speak of a creator? How freely do you talk about God with your family and your friends? How freely do you talk about the one who created you? How freely do you give encouragement to the people using the words of your mouth to declare a great God who has created your friends and the people around you? Maybe even changing your perspective about some of the people that are around you. Instead of being selfish and comparing, maybe would you stand in awe of what God has done and how he has created every one of us unique. (laughs) Every one of us are unique. That's another mind-blowing thing about our Creator. Think about all the other people that God has created since Adam and Eve. There's not been one like you. Although people may say you have a doppelganger somewhere, but that's not true. Every one of you are unique. Look at your fingerprint. Your fingerprint is absolutely unique. There's not another fingerprint on the planet, nor has there been one like that. That is mind-blowing, y'all. Mind-blowing. I'm going to keep going. You are beautifully created. You have a voice to speak the greatness of God. And then lastly, you are powerful. And you can use it for your glory. For his glory, I'm sorry. For his glory. The power in each one of us is not some mystical power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. For those who are believers in Christ, those that know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there is a Holy Spirit within you And that Holy Spirit is our guide. It is our lead. It is that voice that we listen to that guides us as we live life. That Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. That Holy Spirit encourages us with the words of God over our heart and our life. And that power within us ought to be used for His glory. God has also given mankind dominion over creation. Who named all the animals? Adam. That was a God-given right to Adam to name a hippo a hippo. That's probably an animal that I want to rename. I want to rename a hippo something else. Don't ask me what. Adam did it, and so I'm, I'm going with it, right? Birds, ravens, elephants, lions, and tigers, and bears, like those names have come from Adam. He created that. He said that. That's what we live with, and we have power over. God gave power to Adam over creation. He also gave us power in our emotions. Now let me explain that to you. Compassion is a very powerful emotion. And compassion for other people leads us to action. When we want to sympathize or empathize with the people around us, the power within us that compassion motivates us and inspires us to do something in our world, to make a change, to be a catalyst, to change something in the environment around us. That is what God has empowered you with. And to use that compassion that God has given you for the betterment of his glory in the people around you, in your friends, and your family. You have power within you. Use it, and it must be used. To reflect not who you are, but to reflect who he is. That power that God has given you is not for your benefit. It is for the benefit of him in the life of others. Would you use it in the right way? So yes, you are beautiful. Yes, you have a voice. And yes, you have the power in you. Just like creation makes all of those statements... You are the crowning jewel of God. I'm going to take you back to Psalm 8. I look to the heavens. I look to the heavens. And I can't believe yet you are mindful of me. I look to the heavens, the expanse of heaven. The greatness of what I see. But yet he considers me. He's mindful of me. God is mindful of you. And just know what he thinks about you. He thinks you're very good. He thinks you're very good. He thinks you're amazing. He thinks you're beautiful. He's put power in you. Use it. Not for your benefit, but for his. You have a voice. Use it. First to declare praises to God encouragement to others and can you imagine what life would be like if that was true if we all stepped into the reality of that truth instead instead of living in comparison to the people around us man that's so true i'm thankful for creation i'm thankful it reminds me of a god who loves and cares for me that god created creation beautifully and knows me full well let's go back to the central truth at the very beginning it simply says, creation is beautifully speaking, that's you and I, creating beautifully speaking of a powerful yet intimate creator, God. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I mean, do you know him? Because as we look to the stars and we see a God who created us, what he did is he stepped down out of heaven and took on the form And flesh in Jesus Christ. And he lived a perfect life. And he died a death that you deserved. The sin that separated you from him, Jesus took that on so that you and I could be in relationship with the Creator God. I talked about how creation speaks of the gospel new creation. The old is gone. We can see that in the fall, and the new has come in the spring. Isn't that amazing how every year or even every day there's something new that's happening? A new sunrise, a new day. It is the gospel. What God wants to do in every one of us is a new thing. And it first is in realization that my sin is separating me from God and I need to take care of that. And Jesus did that by dying on the cross. That if you would simply believe what he did for you, That you would simply say, I believe, God, that you paid the penalty for my sin. And God, I repent of that sin. I'm going to turn away from it. Because I know what you have done in my heart and my life. And I'm going to step in to what you have for me. And that's eternal life. Jesus died on the cross. And three days later, he rose from the grave. Amazing. Talk about power. Talk about power over creation. Jesus had it. He defeated death and the grave and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He conquered death and sin on your behalf. And my response to that truth is one, wow, awe of what he's done, and two, that I would speak the name of Jesus in my own heart, in my own life, that I would seek and ask for forgiveness. And then I would receive him into my life.